Well, hello, this is Rudy Holland, and welcome to uh, the PRH podcast, and I'm so happy you're joining us today. And I would encourage you, if you are in a place where you can, get your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Philippians. We begin our study of the book of Philippians today. I'm looking forward to going through this, uh, these four chapters of this uh, uh, epistle written by the Apostle Paul, written from a, uh, probably a Roman jail, and, to, uh, and as, he, as he writes it, it's an amazing thing when you read through the book to see how many, uh, what I call nuggets of, um, of encouragement and blessing are found throughout these four short chapters. I, I, I go to this book when I have problems in my life. I read the chapters slowly and carefully and glean from them the help and the blessing that I need to see me through whatever challenge I might be facing. I hope as we go through the, through the book together, you'll find uh, some help and some encouragement for you in your life as uh, all of us are going through some kind of difficulty or anticipating possibility of, the possibility of facing some some challenges in the days to come. I remind you what old Dr. Bill Pennell used to say when he would close out his radio broadcast. He'd always say, "Be kind to everybody because everybody's having a hard time." Well, that's so true. So everybody needs to hear the message, the words from the Book of Philippians. If you Look with me at the book of Philippians um, today. Uh, we, As we begin our study, I want to begin by giving a little bit of background, much of which um, you will be aware of and know, and but uh, still worthy of our repeating, just so that we're all uh, on the same page in understanding uh, where we're headed and, and uh, what, what is written and what God is saying through his blessed Holy Spirit and from the pen of the Apostle Paul. The book of Philippians was written uh, by the Apostle Paul and uh, he was written to uh, a group of believers, a church in Philippi. Philippi was a Roman colony in those days. Paul and Silas had, had visited the city of Philippi in answer to the Macedonian call for Paul to go over to, to Europe to spread the gospel. It's believed also that Timothy and Luke joined them there, but they, they, they were there for some three months, Paul and Silas were, and they, during that period of time they, they saw some people come to know the Lord, Lydia, the Philippian jailer, and no doubt many others. Paul was on his second missionary journey, and he he, he, he left, and then as he was making his third missionary journey, he made another stop by, by Philippi, no doubt to, to visit, but also to encourage and, and help those young believers as they began their journey in serving the Lord. So that kind of gives us sort of the background. If you want to read about that, by the way, uh, you, um, you can read about Paul's first visit there on his second missionary journey in Acts chapter 16. 
verses 12 through 40. And there you see we have the conversion of, of several people and uh, listed in that chapter, about three, I think, if I remember correctly. Uh, Lydia and then uh, a lady that had uh, a problem with demons and then the Philippian jailer. And so there, there were those who were converted and that made the, uh, the nucleus of that, of that church in Philippi. In Acts chapter 20, verses 1 through 6, in Paul's third missionary journey, we find also that it is recorded that he visits these believers in, uh, in, in Philippi. Um, as Paul was writing this letter to them to encourage them, he was doing so when he was literally a prisoner. He was under what well, I guess we might call house arrest in Rome and was writing to them and it's interesting, him facing all the challenges that he was facing, going through all the difficulties that he was going through, and yet he writes a, a, a letter, four chapters in the King James is divided into, of encouragement and help to these in Philippi. And, you know, as I think about that, even before we read the, the first few verses of the chapter, um, May we stop and think about our own lives a little bit. You know, sometimes we get so wrapped up in our own problems, we fail to see the hurts, the needs of others. That ought not to be. You know, surely you and I face our own challenges and bear our own burdens, but we ought to also be conscious of those around us and others that maybe have we have been able to uh, get to know and be involved in their lives or ministries and be a help and a blessing to others as well. Paul gives us that example by being a prisoner himself, but yet taking the time writing four prison epistles and this book of, of Philippians being one of those four. So I just add that as a as a thought, whatever burden you're carrying, whatever difficulty you're going through, uh, don't be co so consumed with your problems that uh, you can't be a blessing to, so, to others. You know, I was um, going through a very difficult time in ministry many years ago, and uh, a good friend of mine came by to see me, and uh, he was a, a very wise businessman, a very godly man. I loved him very much. I had the privilege of doing his funeral when he passed away. His name was Lachlan Downs. And uh, Lachlan came by and he said, uh, well, he said, I understand you're going through some difficult times. And I said, yes, I really am. And he, he said, let me give you some advice. He, spend, he said, spend no more than two hours on your own problems and spend the rest of your time trying to be a blessing and a help to others. I've thought about that often in my ministry. Wow, that must have been the philosophy of the Apostle Paul. Yes, waiting possibly to lose his life and did for the cause of Christ. He did not forget to be a blessing to others. Now, as Paul was beginning his, um, his letter to these believers in Philippi, I won't have time to deal with a lot of it, but look with me, if you would, at the first verse. Paul identifies himself as the author, I, Paul, and he also has Timothy with him, Timotheus. 
he identifies himself as and Timothy as they being servants of Jesus Christ. And then he and then he identifies who he's writing to, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and the deacons. Now, I want to just focus on that verse for our first podcast concerning the um, from the from the book of Philippians. Uh, he writes to them, and he identifies himself and Timothy as being servants. Take note of the word servant. The word servant there could be translated slave, and in particular, it could be translated bond slave. Now, what, what is a bond slave? Well, a bond slave was a, a, a slave that had rights to his freedom, but chose to remain a slave to a master, a particular master. Paul identifies himself and Timothy as servants, bond slaves of Jesus Christ. I suggest to you that you and I ought to take note that maybe we need to be bond slaves. We ought to willingly, freely give of ourselves to be the servants of Jesus Christ. Is that not what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 and following when he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. After all, that's your reasonable service. It's only reasonable that we would live our lives out for Jesus. After all, he died for us. So Paul identifies himself, uh, himself as a servant. He and Timothy as servants. Then he identifies who he's writing to. He says, I'm writing to the saints. Now, the word saints means holy one. And these are not holy in the sense that they were, they had of themselves good works or were, or uh, some had some kind of personal righteousness. No, they, they, they were saints because they were clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. They were set apart. They had been those who had identified with the Lord Jesus. May I suggest to you that if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have, uh, you can wear the title of saint. Not that you're good within yourself or better than anyone else, but, but that you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. So it was with these that Paul was writing to, and he says, you're, you're, you're saints. All the saints that are in Jesus Christ. They're saints because they're in Jesus, you see. Then he identifies also that he is, he is addressing these thoughts to a particular group, and he calls them with the bishops and the deacons. And he's speaking to the leadership. Now, I don't have any, any doubt in my mind that in, in refer, referencing the bishops, he's talking about the, what we would call the pastors, the leaders of the church. And there's ever been a time when, when preachers, pastors, need encouragement, need to hear the message of the Apostle Paul as he write 
as he wrote to, the, to those in Philippi, it is today. Literally hundreds and some report even thousands of pastors are leaving the ministry every, every month. It's not the money. It's just the pressure. And f- having to deal with the challenges that our culture now brings on those that are in ministry. Can I suggest to you pray for your pastor? Hold his hands up. Encourage him. Stand with him. Paul says, I'm writing this letter to all the saints, but I'm, I'm also writing it to the bishops. And then he said also to the deacons. Now, the first deacons were added to the church or in the book of Acts in chapter 6. It's interesting if you read why they were ever a group set aside and called deacons or was that they were set aside to do, to be helpers of the pastor, to be helpers within the church, to be ministers of the needs of the people so that the, so that the pastors, the leaders, could spend time in prayer and Bible study. I suggest to you that we ought to pray for our deacons and we would pray that they would be deacons that would do the work of deacons. And they would lift up the hands of the pastor and take care of the needs of the people. You know, I'm afraid everybody wants to be a ruler today in the church. And God only only established one position to be leadership, and that was the pastor. Now, the deacons have certainly some responsibility, and the pastor has responsibility to the deacons and to the congregation, absolutely. But we need to understand, deacons are to be serving and meeting the needs of the people. So Paul, in his introduction, he says, here's who I'm writing to. Here's who I am. I'm a servant. I'm a bond slave. I'm writing to you that are saved, saints. I'm addressing some of these thoughts also to to, to the bishops and, and to the deacons because I know all of you are going to need some encouraging words. He also says in the next verse, he says to them, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And he asked for two things for these saints and for these leaders. He said, I would ask that God would give you grace. Oh, you say that's a merited favor. Yes, it is. But it's also sustaining power to keep on keeping on. And peace, that is to, to calm your spirit and to give you a contented attitude about what you're doing in the work of the Lord. He says in verse 30, in verse 3, he said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. I'm going to start our, our second message or lesson from the book of Philippians with that third chapter, uh, that third verse rather, and, uh, and the fourth verse, for the next podcast. But I want you to read those, those, those two verses. He said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you and always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. Well, I hope 
you've enjoyed these few simple thoughts as we open the book of Philippians together and begin our journey through these four chapters. By the way, the theme, and I will speak of this the next podcast as well, the theme of the book is joy. How to live a joyous Christian life. I hope you'll you'll tune in for the next podcast as we continue. Today, though, may God bless you. I hope you'll have a great day. Thank you for listening to the podcast. God bless you, and goodbye.